Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are UFC 286, live from London, England, a shakeup at the top of the NFL draft, Patrick Ewing out at Georgetown, a Syracuse coaching legend calls it quits, Selection Sunday has come and gone, the committee get it right, let the madness begin, previewing this year's edition of the NCAA Tournament. With that, I give you our assistant chief of our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here on a Tuesday night, uh, kind of an off night for us. We're usually on a Wednesday or Thursday, but, you know, with March Madness here, we wanted to get it kicked off before the madness yeah. gets kicked off. So, But before we get started, I want to introduce a, a special guest we got with us tonight, a uh, longtime listener and, and friend of the show, uh, Kyle Matthew, on, on the show with us tonight. Uh, also, you know, a local local high school coach, basketball coach as well. So we welcome uh, Kyle, Kyle to the show. We're, we're glad to have him on. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what uh, what he can bring, you know, in, a, in a, a good time to talk about, you know, talk about basketball. So uh, like like Matt, um, Matt said, we're actually going to start with a, a topic that doesn't surround March Madness uh, going going to the octagon and uh, talking a little bit of uh, UFC talk. Uh, it's kind of kind of strange because we were just talking about UFC 285 a couple of weeks ago, and here we are a couple of weeks later talking about big event in UFC 286. So, uh, fellas, what do, what do you think? Give me give me your thoughts on on this. We got you know a, a title fight on the mm-hmm. on the card, mm-hmm. with, and and a couple other you know decent decent fights on the on the main card. What what do you guys think? Yeah, that, that title fight for the welterweight title looks like it's going to be a good one. You got Leon Edwards, who's 23 and one all time, seven KOs, three submissions, ten decision wins. Uh, 10-0-1 in his last 11 fights versus uh, Kamaru Usman, who's 20-2, nine knockouts, one submission, 10 decisions, 9-1 his last fight, last 10 fights. That one loss, however, was to Leon Edwards. Right. It was a KO in the fifth round. That was a heck of a fight in mm-hmm. itself. It's mm-hmm. going to be a nice return battle. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I'm, I think I'm going for a Usman to, to get some redemption here okay. and take the title. All right, take it, take it back. Yeah, it's going to going to be interesting obviously Usman's going to have to go going to go on Leon Edwards turf you know uh, Leon fights or you know uh, one of the one of the British guys so it's got to go into London you know hometown crowd and, and get kind of the upset on the road uh, with that hometown crowd behind Leon uh, but this is going to be kind of the, the rubber match between these two this is the, the third time they're fighting uh, the first time Usman uh, took took the victory and then you know Matt like Matt mentioned Edwards obviously took the belt uh, which is you know interesting because if you look at the scorecard, Edwards was pretty much down the whole the whole fight, mm-hmm. and then a prolific head kick to the you know to the head, and it All was takes. lights, uh, lights yeah. out for for Usman. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll get a rubber match here and see you know third time's a charm. We'll see who 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 takes it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I expect uh, you know some fireworks in this one. You know, both guys somewhat having something to something to prove here. You know, Usman trying to prove that the, the last one was kind of a fluke, you right. know, wasn't, wasn't, you know, wasn't legit. And Leon trying to really stake his claim as, as being the, the welterweight, you know, champion and, and defending it against a guy that's been kind of the pound for pound guy in that, in that division is, you know, one of the goats. So uh, Kyle, what, what do you think about that? Um, I, you know, Kamaru definitely dominated. I thought the last fight they had mm-hmm. until he got caught, right. I would say, I think he's going to come in laser light focused here. Okay. I think he's going to take the belt back from Leon this All weekend. Right. Right. And I think he's going to reclaim his tight title. Nice. So. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like I said, you know, coming into that second fight, I mean, the guy was on a, a 19 fight win streak, including a 15 and O fight, uh, in the, in the UFC, um, you know, and had, has had five title defenses at that 170 pound title. Uh, so th- this guy is a, you know, a well-known or household name yeah. here in this, in this division, uh, but yeah, I got to agree with Kyle. I think, you know, Usman comes out a little bit more focused, mm-hmm. um, and, and, but in this sport, you know, all it takes is one, you know, it little does. mental mistake little and, and it's, and it's lights out. So definitely, you know, I, I could see Leon, you know, again, he, he's a guy that's risen up in this elite area, you know, in this division, super quick, um, you know, and has had some adversity with some injuries and things like that. Um, but you know, I, I could see him, you know, I could see him defending that title. I think this is going to be a a great a, a great fight in this one uh you know like i said a couple other uh names on the on the card you got you know the lightweight kind of the the one preceding the, the title fight uh in the number six ranked uh fighter in rafael Fasiv, mm-hmm. uh 12 and one going up against number three ranked uh justin gaethje at 24 and four 
Um, you know, this one, this one's going to be interesting. Gaethje kind of coming in limping in this one, um, you know, it's not, not have good results the last couple, couple of fights for him. But, uh, you know, on the opposite side, perceive is coming in. He's got a six fight win streak and a guy that's really risen up, uh, in that, in that lightweight division. Um, you know, and I think whoever wins this one probably is going to be the guy that, you know, fights for the division title the next, mm -hmm. you know, next go round. So yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, that that's kind of all I had. Anybody else really have anything else for any of the other any of the other fights or any kind of names you want to want to talk about? You know, main card, prelims, any anybody you want to want to talk about, we we can certainly do that. But uh, yeah, I think think it's gonna be gonna be an interesting one. Uh, you know, kind of outside of Usman and, and Leon Edwards, probably you know, of course the 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 headliner. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, I think some of this, sometimes, you know, the best ones are the ones that kind of go under the, under the radar, um, that, that turn out to be the best, the best cards. So, uh, Matthew, you got any, got anything? Uh, the only one I was really looking at is I think, uh, the Roman delete. Yeah. Say his last yeah. Name, is gonna, I think he takes out the Tory. Oh, right. today. Yeah. he's 12 and one right now. Yeah. He's fighting really well. And I think yeah. he comes out with a victory on this one as a plus two twenty five guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, obviously Marvin Vittori has, you know, been up there has fought, you know, has tried to get that title in that middleweight, uh, middleweight division has, you know, not been successful. His only losses have been to the champions yeah. of that, of that division. So this guy, obviously no, no slouch himself, but uh, yeah, Roman the leads uh, has a four, four fight win streak coming mm -hmm. into it. So he's, He's definitely looking to make his way up and, you know, beating, beating the guy that's, you know, been there to compete mm -hmm. for that uh, title. It, it definitely is a, is a step in the right direction. Yeah, so definitely not a lot of titles on the line in this, this, this uh, particular version of UFC here, right? But right. So, uh, some quality fights. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Still some, some higher fight. ranked, you know, yeah. guys or, you know, there's even a woman women's fight in the main card as well. So we'll see how it goes, but yeah, in uh, bloody, bloody old England, we'll, we'll, we'll be tuning, <laughs> you know, I know, uh, Myself and, and Matthew will be tuning in this weekend to, yep. to catch that when we can in between March Madness. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so it's a great, great sports weekend. So, all right. Well, enough UFC talk. We're going to talk again a little bit of NFL talk uh, here in the off season. Something always happening in the NFL. Right, right. Uh, major, NFL. major trade at the number one pick, uh, top of the NFL draft. Chicago Bears, who did own the number one pick, have traded it to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, kind of the details of that. The Panthers, all they get, number one pick. That's it. Uh, the Bears, on the other hand, get everything. Get, get a 2023, you know, this year's number nine pick, this year's number 61 pick, which is mm -hmm. good for second, you know, second round. round. Yeah. Uh, a 2024 first round pick, a 2025 second round pick, and wide receiver DJ Moore, which yeah. arguably you could probably say is the Panthers' best wide receiver. Yeah. So, Maybe you know, best player. <clears throat> what, guys, what do you, yeah, what, what, do, what do you think about this, uh, you know, who won? Do you like it? Not like it? What What do you think the Panthers are thinking here? Um, you know, yeah, the, the Bears won won this easy. I mean, mm -hmm. they're getting the farm here for right. for just move, moving down eight spots. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, that's a heck of a deal for them. They yeah. didn't need a quarterback, so they were able to do this. Mm -hmm. They're going to pick up a great player at that number nine spot, right. or they may even try to parlay the nine and sixty one and move themselves up even mm -hmm. a little higher to right. you know try to really secure what they want, mm -hmm. but. Bears have all kinds of options now, and the right. Panthers, they're they're setting their sails with whoever they're taking number one because mm -hmm. now, now they don't have this year's number one. They won't have next year's number one. Right, a couple of years worth of number twos. Right, <laughs> right. That's that's a lot of capital. Mm -hmm. So you better be sure you get with who, right you're, who you're taking number one can yeah. can take you to the promised land. Right. Yeah. So, I, I would ultimately say that the Panthers are more than likely drafting a quarterback if right. I had to guess with this no. number one yeah. pick, but. Again, I've also seen something where the Panthers, they get this number one pick, but I've seen where they also could trade that, where they, there are even talks about, you know, trading their number one pick for, you know, some more assets or, you know, more picks to compile because obviously the Panthers have lost quite a bit through free agency. You know, they let they let uh, Christian McCaffrey go last, mm -hmm. you know, last year at the trade deadline, obviously trading away DJ Moore. Mm -hmm. They have questions at quarterback. You know, they got a lot of question marks, um, you know, on, on all sides of the ball. Um, so I could, I could see them even, you know, trading this pick again to get more picks, but if they stay as it is, they definitely are going one of the top quarterbacks in right. the, in the draft here. Well, right? there's only three guys. So, I mean, <laughs> if they trade out of this, they can't go any further than three. If they, right. If they right. really want to secure a quarterback. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, kind of those, those names that we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, Kentucky's Will Levis been thrown around Alabama's Bryce Young, 
Ohio State CJ Stroud and and a guy that has really shot up the board that nobody was really even talking about much was is Florida's quarterback uh, Anthony Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. was even you know up there he put on a heck of a show at the at the combine um, you know so inconsistent in college yeah didn't though. have the That's greatest hard to, greatest hard to college yeah, yeah sure. college career but you know I don't know they, scouts it, see it in the combine yeah they're they're, they're they like it they like him uh, combine heroes never <laughs> never play out well though That's, right right uh, but. Yeah, if you're the Panthers, you know, you are. You're looking for that franchise QB. You haven't had one since, you know, Cam Newton walked through the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean that that that's been, you know, a long time coming. They they went they went basically they've tried to go the veteran free agency route mm-hmm. uh the last several years. They 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 went after Teddy Bridgewater in twenty twenty. That didn't pan out. They traded for Sam Darnold in twenty twenty one. That didn't pan out. Traded for Baker Mayfield last year, yeah. that didn't pan out. So, you know, they're hoping by going the draft route, you know, maybe with this number one pick that that something's able to pan out. But again, it, it, it's only as good as the players that you surround them right. with. So, yep. you know, I, I think obviously you can't just rest on your laurels that, hey, we got the number one pick. We got our, you know, franchise or who we think is going to be our franchise QB. And, you know, that's it. Um, because if you look at their wide receiver group now, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they just arguably traded away probably their best wide receiver, maybe even their best player, like Kyle mentioned. Yeah. But on the roster now, you got Terrace Marshall Jr., mm-hmm. Shai Smith, and LaVishka Chenault Jr., who last year combined for 77 catches between the three of them. <laughs> um, so, you know, they, they, none of them are really a proven number one option, mm-hmm. uh, and that usually doesn't spell well for, you know, a quarterback that you're drafting, you know, with the number one pick. So, Matthew, what, what, what do you think? I've been talking a lot, but here, you get in on the action. Uh, right? Yeah, I definitely think the Bears won this trade by a mile. Mm-hmm. Um you know, only getting the number one pick didn't really help you out. Yeah, you get a franchise quarterback in the end. Mm-hmm. But like you said, what's what are they going to surround him with mm-hmm. to help him out? Yep. So that's what I think. And then I think the I think the Bears did really well. And I think they'll I think there's about three options I think they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh JSN from Ohio State, mm-hmm. Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, and then okay. Maybe to even get some field, some line help, Paris Johnson. All right. I think yeah. he shot up on the board. And I think he's the number one tackle now, isn't okay. he? Off yeah. the board. Yeah, I think that they're think looking at. Definitely up there towards the top. Well, would, a couple options there would pair fields with guys he's familiar with, yeah, right. with the yeah. Buckeyes. I, I'm sure he, if he's got his input, he probably is, yeah. you know, shouting those guys to, right. the, to the, <laughs> Absolutely. the draft talks. Um, but, uh, yeah. You know, and the other thing here, though, for the Panthers, what they gave away to get the number one overall pick. They didn't get that much when they traded away Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. uh, an all-star, a perennial a guy all-pro, that you yeah, know yeah. What you're one of the best running backs in the league. They didn't get that much to get rid of him, <laughs> right? right. Like, yeah. it, it makes no sense to me. I mm-hmm. just, I don't understand. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and you know, this is a Bears team that you know I, I think could be contenders. Yeah. You? they've secretly made some moves in the in the off season here, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more next next week about some of these big uh, off season or you know free agency news, but. The Bears just, you know, they signed Tremaine Edmonds, a star guy, linebacker from the Bills. Yeah. Uh, there are also rumors to be in the running for Austin Eckler, uh, who's been a you know stud running back for for the Chargers the last several years. Obviously, they still got Justin Fields, who's you know uh, much improved last year compared to his rookie season. Uh, they just you know added DJ Moore, uh, who's had you know some great seasons the past couple of years for the Panthers, and then they got you know all these plethora you know plethora mm-hmm. of picks. I think that they're yeah, silently making you know making some moves in there um, in an NFC North division that, outside of the Vikings, it's kind of up in the air. Right, you know yeah. who who could really be be there. So yeah, I think the Bears are are, are making some some good moves here. We'll we'll see what uh, you know what what happens. You know, do the does this pan does this pan out for the Panthers? Right. Or? To, really, the only saving grace for the Panthers in this deal right now is. There are a ton of free agent wide receivers yep. available out there on the market. Yeah. So they may be thinking we can get our quarterback. Right. We'll go buy ourselves a bunch of wide receivers yep. there you go. And, and still have something good Absolutely. here. So, you, you know, if that's our game plan and that's how it pans out, maybe this works out. But right now, you know, just yeah. looking at this for what it's worth, Bears by far. all day. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a uh, quick commercial break. Uh, stick with us right after. We're going to talk nothing but college basketball, college basketball, and more college basketball. So stick with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. 
Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Like I mentioned, college basketball on the mind here in, in March. So going to get it kicked off with a couple of uh, coaching uh, moves. Um, first one, probably not so happy news. The Georgetown legend and New York Nick legend, uh, Patrick Ewing, no longer the head coach at, at Georgetown, um, will will not be returning next year, um, obviously for, for many reasons. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, bit more, but like I mentioned, this is a guy who probably goes down as, you know, probably the, the best Georgetown player to ever walk mm-hmm. through the door as a, as a player. Um, and then, you know, his professional career, obviously a great professional career. He's always one of those guys that's mentioned that, you know, never was able to get an NBA title, you know, one of, one of those greatest of all time, but still was not able to capture, capture an NBA title, but yeah, still didn't have Michael Jordan on the other end. Of the <laughs> right. Yeah. I got one. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but you know, a guy that, yeah by player standards, you know, a Hall of Famer, obviously, in, in both, you know, the professional Hall of Fame and in the college, you know, basketball Hall of Fame. But, you know, just wasn't able to, you know, have much success uh, as a head coach for, for Georgetown. Uh, what, what what do you guys think about this um, about this move? Yeah, go ahead, Mavi. Um, yeah, I mean, in his, what, six year? Yep. Six, ten years. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have – he had one winning season. Mm. Um, he had zero wins in March Madness, and I think – if you're a college coach, you got to find a way to get into March Madness mm-hmm. at least once in your right. tenure to right. keep your job. Right. Um, he had a 29 game losing streak starting from last March to this February, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of reasons I can agree with the firing. Right. Um, stinks to see a name like that go, though. Right. So I hope right. hope he finds another job, maybe somewhere to mm-hmm. get back going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's. It's tough, obviously, you know, a, a guy that, yeah, everybody looks up to or, you know, like I said, from a player, you know, was a, was a legend as a player. Uh, it's probably, yeah, pretty tough to, to let him to let him go. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you thought this was the, the guy or whatever. And, you know, Georgetown, historically, over the last, you know, probably two, three decades, has been a team that, you know, yeah. we've been, you know, have talked about historically as a team that makes it to, to, to March Madness right. consistently and competes and, you know, not just make it, but they, you know, make runs to, to, to you know, the lead eight, final four, you know, mm. national championships. Uh, but, you know, as of, you know, the last probably five to 10 years, they, they've had some, some rough patches here. Yeah. It really started with the coach before you. Right, and, right, so yeah. it's probably been the last 10 to 15. Even, right. And yeah. Kind of had a, a downward trend mm-hmm. here, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like Matthew mentioned, you know, um, the only NCAA appearance that, that, um, you know, Patrick Ewing made was in 2021 after they made a, uh, immaculate run in the big East tournament to, yeah. to win the title that year. I mean, probably team only had a 13 and 13. Record. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, if they don't win that, they probably yeah. don't They're get in, dancing. you know, mm-hmm. either. So, you know, they, they had a great run in their, in their conference tournament to make it, make it in, but yeah, just, really a couple of the past two seasons have really been the doom or, you know, spelled doom. I mean, last year they didn't win a single game in conference play. They went six and 25 overall. Mm -hmm. Uh, This year they went seven and 25 and only won two games in the, Mm -hmm. in the big E. So yeah, like I said, with, with a, a powerhouse or, you know, a team that we we've talked about in Georgetown that, you know, just not living up to the expectations and, you know, that's this is you can look at one of these or, you know, look at this experience, um, you know, as, as one of those, uh, you know, head scratchers. I mean, obviously Ewing, legend, player, whatever, but didn't have any prior head coaching experience, you yeah, know, coming he was into assistant this. with the Magic, I believe. Yeah, he was an assistant coach for 14 seasons in the NBA with uh, the Bobcats, the Magic, the Rockets, and the Wizards. So, you know, spent quite a bit of time in the NBA, you know, on the sideline, you know, obviously not the head guy, but involved in, you know, some locker rooms and stuff like that. But yeah, just. You know, it, it. A lot of teams are going this route, or you know, have gone this route of right. you know picking a guy that that doesn't have prior head coaching experience, and sometimes it pans out, and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the landscape of college basketball has also changed since you know Patrick was was in school playing for mm-hmm. for the the uh, the Hoyas, but uh, you know, it, it's uh, yeah, sad to see the legend go, but. Uh, he'll find a coaching position may not be a head coaching position, you know, right away, but I, I think he'll, he'll be back on his feet with, you know, 
some kind of either college program or NBA yeah, program. Someone at least pick him up to be an assistant. But right. with, with mm-hmm. that overall record of 75 and 109, like I said, only that one postseason berth. Mm-hmm. And really only – he only had an, an, one other NIT berth even. Mm-hmm. So right. other than that, nothing in the postseason. Right, right. That, that, that's going to spell makes, doom and gloom for tough. any head coach. Yeah, makes it tough to, to continue. Yeah. So, all right. Well, sticking with uh, college basketball and talking about a coaching move, a legend in, in college basketball – by the name of Jim Beheim, gonna gonna hang it up uh, for for the Syracuse uh, men's basketball team after 47 seasons at the helm for for Syracuse. Uh, yeah, almost half a century there for for Syracuse. Uh, you know, longer than I've been alive. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, this guy, you can look at all the stats. You know, like we talked about, you know, around this time last year when Coach K, you know, was was calling it quits. Uh, this this guy. The accolades go on and on and yeah. on, um, and, and yeah, you probably can't point to just one thing that that really makes him stand out. I think the one thing that really stands out is that he lasted forty-seven seasons yeah, at Syracuse, yeah, um, and I, his entire career was at Syracuse. He started out mm-hmm. as an assistant there, and then he played the, there the uh, the year that their coach left. Right, they it came down to a three, two vote. They weren't even sure they were going to hire him. <laughs> yeah. and he, he, he kind of stumbled, his way, going. He yeah, stumbled yeah. his way in and right. lasted 47 years of greatness. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure Syracuse is glad <laughs> right. that vote went three, two and not <laughs> right. two, three. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's just one thing to me. Yeah. In, in today's day and age, I mean, yeah, look at Patrick Ewing. He only lasted six seasons mm-hmm. and I'm sure, I mean, I could, could look back at the records. I mean, I'm sure that Bayheim's first couple seasons were not, ideal you know are great so you know in in today's world you know it's tough to see a coach you know that doesn't have some great seasons right away last as long as he did but you know Beheim has been at least probably the last couple of years has been the guy that's been get his team to March Madness and get to the final four somehow it doesn't matter how good the team is bad the team is they make (laughs) it to March Madness he's a kind of the under the radar guy and and he's going to get you get you a final four uh but uh yeah just Obviously, giving it giving it up, you know, re- retiring here, just yeah, uh, a long time, you know, and and it's been rumored the last couple of mm-hmm. seasons he's talked about, you know, possibly hanging it up, but you know, uh, just you know, kept kept going, kept pushing, you know, um, had some had some special kids there in the in the Syracuse locker room, uh, and ultimately, you know, decided to just you know, one more season, one more mm-hmm. season, but you know, this 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 was it for him, um, you know, finished with a record of. 1015 and 441 over his you know 47 seasons mm-hmm. um did have a little bit of you know tarnish to somewhat of his of his uh you know legendary career he had to vacate 101 wins because of some NCAA rule violations but um you know obviously finished his second division 1 career wins behind you know only the great you know Mike Shishesky um went to the NCAA tournament 35 times, uh, five final fours, obviously one national championship back in 2003 with the legendary Carmelo Anthony at the helm. Um, you know, so yeah, you, and I saw a stat with his 47 seasons, he's actually, he trails one guy for the number of consecutive seasons at one school, uh, a guy by the name of Jim Phelan, who coached Mount St. Mary's for 49 <laughs> seasons, wow. almost, almost, almost a half a decade. So or big half time a basketball, unheard of. Right, yeah. right. But, um, you know, in another stat, you meant he had 20 Sweet 16s. That means almost every other year he coached, he's going his team sweet, was in the Sweet 16. Right, that, that's automatic. Right, yeah. Getting, getting results, like I said, get to the NCAA tournament. I'm gonna get you, <laughs> yeah, at least a Sweet Sweet 16 yeah. berth, probably. So that vaunted two three defense. Yeah, yeah. Obviously <laughs> known for that, you know. Um, live or die by it you know yeah. he, he he's stubborn in, in that sense it doesn't matter if the team was shooting 90 percent from the three-point <laughs> line he's staying in that two three zone um oh, yeah. ultimately may have been may have been his demise but uh you know he he you know stuck to it was behind it um and i guess you gotta give him some credit credit to that um but they're staying in-house with with the you know the new mm-hmm. hire uh you know associate head coach uh, adrian altry is uh gonna gonna take over uh, was actually a player under Bayheim, um, and then has been on Bayheim staff since 2011. So, obviously, yeah, staying a little bit in in house um, with with the hire, which you know ultimately somewhat maybe allows some of Bayheim's legend to continue, or you know some of that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I think Autry is going to have to make some of his own tweaks to you know get outside of you know Bayheim's shadow because right. obviously he's stepping into a big shadow or you know major shoes to fill there, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, from what I was kind of reading, 
Autry has been kind of instrumental the last several years in some of the top recruits that Syracuse has been able to secure. He's been really key in, in, in getting some of those guys. So, you know, I think that that will continue. Obviously, he's just going to be in charge of running the team a little bit more, having a little bit more hands-on with the, with the day-to-day stuff than, than he was as, you know, kind of a, an assistant, you know, or associate head coach. So uh, anything more to say about Bayhan before we move on? Legend. Legend, yeah. Legend, yeah. yeah. It's uh, tough to see, but, yeah, it's uh, – I was reading something, you know, one last tidbit here. Uh, current wins, like active coach that's still, you know, coaching that has the most wins right now is, is Bob Huggins at West Virginia. So mm-hmm. the only coach – Still left in, in in college basketball that you know is up there in, in number of, of, of wins. Um, so yeah, it's it's tough to see. You know, obviously a lot of the the, the greats that I grew up watching, yeah. or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. in college basketball, or you know, are reaching their end, or you know, whatever. But there's a lot of guys that are that are taking over. You know, some new guys that are that are really you know stepping in and, and having great success. So we'll see uh, see what happens. But yeah, leg, legend from Syracuse. You know, hanging it up. Um, we'll see what. Uh, what the next guy can can do if he can continue that that success for the next uh almost half half century here Absolutely. so mm-hmm. all right well sticking with college basketball um like i said march madness baby nothing nothing <laughs> better than that um and and you know the next probably 30 40 minutes of the of the show we're going to be talking some some march madness here so um you know, obviously, Selection Sunday, you know, this past Sunday where they picked the, the field of 68 teams, um, some teams happy, some teams not, not so, so much. Not mm-hmm. so much. Uh, every every year there's teams that, that make it that are on the bubble and teams that their bubble gets bursted and then are on the outside looking in. So, you know, I'll, I'll open it up here. Uh, you know, fellas, what do you think? Did the committee get it right? Did they get the, the, the teams that should be in there? Should they have gotten in or were there teams that didn't get in that should have been in and, and even the seating, you know, that they have, did, did they get the seating right? Should there have been some teams that maybe should have been higher, lower, you know? And so I'll just, you know, I'll open it up. Let me, let me, let me hear what you, what you think about what the, what the committee did on Sunday. You know, my personal opinion, I, I think this is one of the better jobs the committee's done in okay. recent years. Okay. I, I didn't see a ton of snubs coming out mm-hmm. of this thing. I mean, the only teams I could really come up with, are a 19 and 14 uh, Big Ten team in Rutgers, yeah. but you know they struggled down the stretch. They lost one of their key players, mm-hmm. got injured, mm-hmm. and they haven't played as well without him. So mm-hmm. I can see why the committee left him out. Yeah, got North Carolina at 20 and 13. Really, no big wins mm-hmm. to, to talk about this year. So nope. you know that they really deserve to be there. Probably not. Biggest snub probably coming from Clemson, a 23 yeah. and 10 ACC team. You know there there's some things I, I could see them jumping over, but. Mm-hmm. Top to bottom of this field, I, I think the committee got it pretty well right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even think the seeding seemed bad. You okay. know, mo- most teams seemed to slot in kind of kind of where you thought they would. Mm-hmm. I, I think great great job by the committee this year. The only thing I hate is these conference champion uh, tournament teams getting in. Mm-hmm. You, got, you had a fourteen win team mm-hmm. making the tournament this year <laughs> yeah. because they got hot at the right time, won mm-hmm. their their conference championship. Yeah. To me, that's this shouldn't be an automatic qualifier. Mm-hmm. I just I, I don't like that. It, Four days of good basketball shouldn't trump an entire season. Mm-hmm. There's teams that have played all season that yeah. deserve that shot more, in my opinion. Right, right. Yeah, well, we, we could talk about it because the, the, <laughs> our hometown Buckeyes here, you know, almost were one of those teams yes. yeah. that, that, you know, played hot, you know, obviously lost to Purdue in, in the semifinals. So that would have got them 19 wins had they right. won that, which, <laughs> you know, is, been... is deserving on a normal year. Right, right. yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, you know, interesting, you know, obviously we talk about, yeah, the kind of the – last four teams that made it in and i'll just mm-hmm. kind of run through those teams quickly that's mississippi state uh pittsburgh arizona state and nevada were the last kind of the last four that that made it in there um and you know matt mentioned some of the teams that were the first four out uh oklahoma state rutgers north carolina and clemson mm-hmm. if yeah if i'm making an argument or looking at any of those teams i if I'm Clemson, I, I'm making an argument yeah. that I should. I mean, in 23 games, 14 games in the ACC, uh, you know, in, in quad, you know, a lot of times the committee looks at these quad wins. Mm-hmm. You look at quad one, which is the best, you know, best wins that you can have against, you know, the top teams. Clemson went four and four, went 500. Yeah, that's not bad. You look at yeah. you look at teams that made it in. Only Pitt was the only other team that had a 500 record at at you know the quad one wins. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, Mississippi State, quad one, four and eight. Uh, Arizona State, five and six. Uh, Nevada, four and five. So mm-hmm. all the, you know, the, the teams that made it in, 
have losing records at that at that quad one, you know, quad one. Uh, but record. more wins. But but you know, more slightly more wins. Yeah. Not so great, you know, conference wise, right. but more wins in the in the non conference. Yeah, yeah if, if I'm Clemson, I'm you know somewhat, and, and it's kind of it's kind of strange. Not only Clemson was the first four out. But they were the last team of the first four out. So if you're ranking them one through four, the committee had eight. They had yeah. Clemson as as the fourth, you know, the fourth yeah. team out, which is, yeah, again, it's very strange yeah. to me because even the teams above them in the first four out, mm-hmm. they have a much better record. They have a better conference record. They have better quad one wins. Right. So it just, again, very very strange to to see there. But uh, you know, ultimately, yeah, I think. Uh, it's gonna be gonna be great, uh, great March. Uh, Matthew, what what do you think? Did committee get it right? Any anything teams that got in or any seating that you wanted to see differently or? Um, like Matt said, I thought this was one of the better uh, brackets that the committee put out. Mm-hmm. Um, the only team I could possibly vouch for was Vanderbilt at mm-hmm. twenty and fourteen. Okay. Um, they had they had a win over Kentucky. Two over Mississippi State, mm-hmm. Auburn, yeah. uh, beat UT on the buzzer beater at, at Vanderbilt. So All I right. thought maybe Vanderbilt, maybe was probably one of those mm-hmm. that fifth bubble team, right? Right. Possibly that could have gotten in. Right. So maybe just them. Um, I wasn't really sold on Nevada mm-hmm. getting in, yeah. but that, that would be my only argument. Yeah. Yeah. And any one of those first four or five out teams mm-hmm. could have been slid, slid into that right. yeah. Nevada spot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, as far as seating goes, you know, uh, the one that really sticks out to me, and maybe this is just because I'm a Duke fan, but, you know, um, obviously Duke got hot, is getting hot at the right time. Obviously yeah. they've had a kind of an up and down season due to injuries, you know, whatever you want to, you know, chalk it up to. Currently on a nine-game win streak, they went through the ACC tournament. You know, smoked pretty much everybody in there, mm-hmm. and and only wound up with the you know a fifth seed. And I think that probably has a lot to do with how weak the ACC is in mm-hmm. general this year. Um, but to me, you know, they they beat in the regular season. They lost, you know, on a buzzer beater to West Virginia or not West Virginia, Virginia, yeah. and then you know wind up beating them in the ACC title game. Somehow Virginia got a higher seed, you know, I, I don't know, just, you know, some, some things to point out there, but uh, you know, overall, and, and like I said, we'll go this kind of next segment is we'll kind of go through each of the regions or, you know, kind of talk about some of the games that we're looking forward to here in this, in this first round. Uh, and then I'll talk a little bit more about, you know, maybe some of the seeding discrepancies that, that I've seen or, you know, yeah, some, some question marks there, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we'll just kind of, go through uh each of the each of the regions or you know we'll just kind of open it up here um to talk about um just the bracket in general you know obviously we can move on from teams that should have got in that didn't get in you know teams you that know, got one last thing about right. these teams that didn't get in you know i got a little problem with north carolina they didn't get in mm-hmm. then they say no to the nit mm-hmm. I, I i don't understand that that's your chance yeah. to get extra practice get ready for next year start building toward the future mm-hmm. I don't see how you turn that down. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense to me. It's not fair to their fans who have watched all season long and mm-hmm. want to watch their team continue to play. Yeah. Right? It's not fair to the players that want to keep playing. Mm-hmm. I I don't get it. I don't like it. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it definitely a, a, a you know I don't know how uh, how frequent that is or how often that actually happens. It yeah, very strange a top team like that to you know decline it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously from a player's health standpoint, you know I, I don't I don't know. Obviously, North Carolina has a ton of of, of top guys or, you know, guys that probably are, you know, probably going to leave this year, or, you know, make well, their way. Then to let the those guys and let the young guys play though. Right. Yeah. Cause right. You, you're, you're playing on borrowed time. So right. what's it matter? Right. Right. So it is, it is an interesting, you know, move from, uh, from the coach at North Carolina. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, everybody's, I think the fans probably going to be a little bit, little bit upset that they, you know, can't, Continue to watch their team, you know, mm-hmm. play. But uh, they would probably have some home games because NIT, the right, higher yeah. seed, gets home mm-hmm. home court. So right. teams could, right. you know, fans could have watched some more home games. Yeah, and... absolutely. Um, so yeah, very very strange move by by the by the boys in blue there. But uh, you know, I don't know. I, I yeah, we'd like to see what the rationale was yeah. behind it. But uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, tough to tough to see there. So. All right. Well, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the the different different regions, or you know, some of the some of the teams that are that are in the in the big dance here. Um, you know, I'm looking at the South region right now. Obviously, mm-hmm. Alabama, the number one seed, the number one number one overall. You know, seed yep. they got the top spot out of all the teams. Um, guys, you think rightfully deserved? You know, Alabama obviously has been in and out of that number one ranking 
throughout the entire season and has been one of the more consistent teams throughout the year. That's what I was going to say. It comes down to they, the consistency. Mm-hmm. They, they were there mm-hmm. all year long. Yeah. Right. Teams like Purdue, yeah. they were up and down. You know, yeah. they, they had a couple of stretches where they were kind of falling out, lost mm-hmm. a couple games in a row, then right. got back. You right. know, uh, Other teams like Houston. Houston was there pretty much all year long as right. well. But right. Played in a little lesser conference, mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. you can see them being a slightly lower number one. Right. Uh, who was the other number one? Uh, Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. yeah, Kansas was another one right. up and down really mm-hmm. all season long. So, yeah. you know, I, I think Alabama's consistency mm-hmm. bought yeah. them that deserving yep. number one yep. overall season. And it, and it pays off uh, since they're going to be playing in the South. They get to play their first couple of games in Birmingham, Alabama, <laughs> which is, you know, just a hop, skip, and a jump right. away from where they, you know, normally play their home games anyway. So, you know, I think it obviously pans out for them, and you know that's the luxury you get being the the number one overall seed. So, uh, you know, Matthew, any anything you like in that South region, or any any notes, um, any any games, or any players to watch, or anything from from that South region? Uh, definitely think Alabama was deserving. The way yeah. they ran through the SEC tournament, mm. um, pretty shows why mm. they're the number one overall. Mm. Right. Um, definitely a few games on my radar, like for upset wise. I think. The 12 seeds taking down San Diego State, mm. Charleston. Yeah, I like yeah. that as well. 31 win team. You know, 31 win team. The, yeah, the best. The guy scoring the most. I know him, mm-hmm. Dalton Bolin. Oh, nice. So yeah, I think I think that's definitely a game to watch. And then yeah. another one is uh, Princeton, Arizona. Okay, I okay. know. I know Arizona's a two seed, but man, right. Princeton can shoot lights out. Yeah, yeah. My so. two year old would be happy on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you pick Princeton. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting bracket. Uh, you know, like or at least region. Um, it's it's interesting because there's actually two of the bubble teams that we talked about, or you know, two two bubble teams that were kind of on the fence. Um, in Utah State and North Carolina State are in this, you know, in this uh, in this mm-hmm. region. Um, and obviously North Carolina State going up against you know Creighton the six eleven and then uh, Utah State the seven ten in that one and um, so we'll see you know if they I actually uh, looking at upsets here I, I actually do like Utah State mm-hmm. in that game yeah, yeah. their team they're only giving up sixty nine points a game yeah they're scoring seventy eight yeah uh, so I mean they're they're doing better on the defense than Missouri mm-hmm. they're scoring on par with what Missouri scores yeah I think Utah State has a good chance to pull an yeah. upset there. yeah obviously we'll we'll see if that bubble kind of that bubble status really you know puts them you know kind of on edge or you know plays with a kind of a chip on their shoulder or if they just you know kind of accept their fate and you know kind of lay down or whatever but so i i never understand that either they're a bubble team right but they're a 10 right oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah right yeah 16 should be the worst team <laughs> right I, I, right i don't yeah. really fully get that all the time right um but yeah so th- th- this one you know it's it's you know kind of a kind of an interesting you know region but uh We'll move over then to the next one, uh, the Midwest, kind of the Midwest region, like we talked about. Um, number one, you know, number one seed there is Houston, the number two overall uh, number one seed. Um, and then, you know, you got Texas at two, Xavier three, Indiana four, Miami and Florida at five, Iowa State six, Texas A&M seven, Iowa eight mm-hmm. um, is all your top, top seeds, I guess. For me, I'm looking at this one and I'm, I'm saying, you know, is Houston really legit? Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and I think it's a thing we talk about every, every year. year. We, we um, said the same thing last year. Right, they had right. a hell of a run. And they had, yeah, a, a great or fantastic run. And I, I you know, uh, they always, you know, prove me wrong because of it just is always interesting to see. They obviously play in a much weaker conference that doesn't have a ton of teams that are ranked or a ton of teams that make it into the big dance every year. So their, it's their always defense always right. stands yeah. out. You know, it, I think defense and come tournament time, mm-hmm. yeah, huge. And they're obviously getting a little bit of a breath of fresh air. Their their best player, Marcus Sasser, who went he's down, back. is 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 going to be back. You know, nothing serious from an injury right. standpoint. So that's always always good to hear for for them. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what they what they can do. Um, you know, but uh, it's an interesting one. You know, twelve five in this one, Drake versus you know. Yeah. The co-champs of the ACC in the regular season, you know, Miami, the Miami Hurricanes. And, you know, I think a lot of people got them got them on upset watch here. I'm, uh, you, I'm, I'm picking a lot of 12s this yeah, year because yeah. I, I, I think Drake over Miami. Drake's only given up 64 points per game. Mm-hmm. Miami's given up 72. Mm-hmm. And Drake's still – they're scoring 75 mm-hmm. to Miami 79. Right. So, you know, they, they've got the pace. defensive power to keep pace and, and possibly pull the upset. Yeah, and the Hurricanes do not play defense very well. Uh, 132nd in defensive efficiency. So, you know, towards towards kind of the, the middle or the, the, the bottom of, of uh, you know, the NCAA ranks. Um, and this Drake team can light it up from outside. They shoot mm-hmm. 37% from three-point line. So, 
you know, it, it, again, when it comes March Madness, it's the team that's hot. You know, if, if Drake can get hot from outside, yep. it, it, what, what do you do? There's nothing you can do. That That's one of those things that it's – if a team is hot from shooting outside, Game over. It, it, it's yeah. – yeah, it's like there's nothing you can do. It's good defense against just better offense yeah. at that point. Um, and, and, yeah, you just – Hope for the best that they, you know, they miss. So, uh, Matthew, anything you like about about that particular region or anything that we didn't didn't mention? I like a uh, team I really like playing well is Xavier okay. out of that region. Yeah. I think they can make an Elite Eight run, possibly meet Houston, mm. possibly make the Final Four. So, all right, all right. That's one of the teams I'm definitely looking at when I go to fill my bracket out. All right, cool, yeah. And, uh, yeah, before we go any further um, with the regions, we uh, – you know, the Fired Up crew here has a uh, bracket challenge that we'd love people to get in on. Uh, we got, you know, the, the the numbers are filling up. We got, you know, almost 20, 25 people in, in the group right now. Um, and we're, we're giving away prizes completely free to enter. First, second, and third are walking, you know, walking away with some kind of prize of some sort. So, and again, free to enter. If you don't know a darn thing about college basketball, <laughs> still get in on the action. Um like we've mentioned before, a, a two-year-old literally won our bracket last year. So anybody's got a chance when I say anybody. I, I saw his picks tonight. I'm not looking for, for a repeat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so get in on the action. Uh, like I said, the brackets lock on Thursday, uh, Thursday at noon. So still got plenty of time to do your research if you want to. If not, you know, pick a color, pick your favorite mascot, whatever it is. Get in on the action. We'd love to, love to have you there. And you get to compete against the guys that – claim that they're experts yeah. so you get to, you get <laughs> we, to, we use that real loose right yeah. you, you get to see how you how you stack up so um moving over then to the uh to the west region uh we got number one kansas there uh number two ucla number three gonzaga uh number four connecticut number five st mary's number six tcu number seven northwestern and, and rounding out the top seeds you got number eight arkansas uh, fellas, what do you what do you think about this region? Anything this special a, or anything that jump out to you? This is a gauntlet of a region. Yeah, I, I, I see a lot of chalk in this region. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The, the top seeds are are all going to play out in this region. Okay, oh, yeah. got the ten upset and seven, but other than yeah. that, I think I VCU could knock off St. Mary's too. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. Another twelve, another twelve. Yeah. Five <laughs> Not, there. Another one of those twelve five seed games. Yeah, I think for for me, what what sticks out is uh, Kansas. I, to me, I think may have gotten snubbed in this one. They are obviously the third number one mm -hmm. overall seed. If they had overtaken Houston, they would have been in that Midwest region. Um, so currently the way it stands, because they're out in the West, um, if, if Kansas is able to make it to the Sweet 16 and even further to the Elite Eight, those games will be played in Las Vegas. Whereas if they had played in the Midwest region, their Sweet 16 Elite Eight games would have been in Kansas City, mm -hmm. uh, which would have been right in their back door. Yeah. I'm looking at it and... You know, I, I, this is one where I think maybe the committee may have gotten it gotten it wrong or gotten it twisted. Yeah, Kansas has had somewhat of an up and down year, but I, I, the Let committee play all your long arguably the Big Twelve has been probably the best conference this year. I mean, a ton of teams in the in the big dance, a ton of ranked teams, a lot of top ten battles throughout the season. Uh, Kansas is obviously playing better as of late. Again, like Duke, known as one of those blue bloods. Mm -hmm. That's that's but. Kind of started off the season a little rocky. Um, it didn't didn't know how it was going to go, but is playing much better as of late. The one thing that sticks out to me when it comes to the quad wins again, Kansas had seventeen quad one wins. Wow, ten more than Houston. Ten more than Houston did. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I think that was a spot where you know the committee maybe could have could have helped the Jayhawks out, mm -hmm. moved them into that into that Midwest region. You know, allowed them to play somewhat in their in their backyard. Now it's going to be a little bit tougher road, especially with Gonzaga being in there, UCLA, you know, Las Vegas being a little bit closer, you know, to, to them than it is right. Kansas. You know, if you have to match up against some of those top seeds, sometimes home court advantage comes, comes into play. Yeah, when, when I mean, I know this. Alabama's pretty much home in that, that first series, right. but other mm -hmm. than that, nobody else really is. So mm -hmm. it kind of makes you wonder if they didn't want to over reward mm -hmm. yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Right. Right. So they just kind of moved it around. So they, weren't playing at home yeah absolutely uh matt anything special about this bracket or any region that you want to talk about or anything like so that one that one i that was another uh i, I think mostly chalk in this okay. one i said i boise state i think takes northwestern down but mm -hmm. other than that i think it's, it's a pretty well chalk region yeah mm -hmm. all right well moving over then to the to the last region uh for before we wrap up the show that's the the east region uh the fourth number one overall seed uh number one purdue 
number two, Marquette, number three, Kansas State, number four, Tennessee, number five, Duke, number six, Kentucky, number seven, Michigan State, and number eight, Memphis to round out the top seeds. Uh, fellas, what, what do you think about this region? Anything stick out to you? Well, I'll tell you what, it's at 12-5 again, <laughs> yeah. and I know I'm sitting here between two Duke fans who aren't right. going to like to hear what I got to say, oh, yeah. but you know, I, I think Oral Roberts has a great chance of pulling the upset here. Mm-hmm. They're scoring 84.2 points per game. Mm-hmm. We've got the returning Max A. Smith from a couple years ago who was the, the star of the tournament. Right. I mean, this guy sweet scoring run. from everywhere, yep. yeah, yeah, making the Sweet 16 run. Yep. And they've got a big who can kind of slow down Kyle Filipowski there for Duke. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, when, when you can slow down the bigs for Duke, mm-hmm. I, I think you have a really good chance of knocking them off because mm-hmm. that, that's a lot of what they do. They get the offensive rebounds mm-hmm. and, and all that. If you can keep them off the board, slow them down a little bit, your offense is working like uh, Oral Roberts has been all season long. Yeah. You know, I, I think Oral Roberts has a great chance. Of, yeah. 30, of 30, 30 wins on the season. So, of yeah, course, yeah. you know, obviously no no slouch. Um, yeah, you want to talk about a gauntlet of a region. Um, you know, Purdue, you know, obviously starting with the number one seed, you know, Purdue swept the Big Ten. They won the regular season title and won the conference title, the conference tournament title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marquette did the same thing in the Big East, swept the Big East. Uh, Kansas State finished third in a in a you know stacked Big Twelve. Uh, Tennessee was the second rated defense in the NCAA. Uh, yeah. Duke, you know, is on a hot streak. They won nine games in a row. Uh, they won, you know, went through the ACC tournament. Uh, you know, we say Kentucky had a down year, but still finished third <laughs> in the SEC. Yeah. Um, and even eighth seeded Memphis won the turn, you know, won their conference tournament and knocked off a you know a, a great Houston team. But even in even the mid-major teams, uh, FAU at number nine, they won 31, 31 games. We just talked about Oral Roberts, obviously, you know, their legendary player and Max Ombus, who, you know, had a great uh, great run in the tournament a couple of years ago. Um, and both of those teams swept their regular season and conference mm-hmm. tournament. So, it, it, you know, Purdue, buckle up, boys, yeah, because, yeah, you know – you didn't you didn't really get rewarded too much for you know playing in you know playing in the Big Ten or you know having a a pretty decent season. You got a heck of a bracket to try to try to make it out of this uh, one. You know they deserve to be here because they've right. shown signs of, signs of weakness all season right. long. Mm-hmm. I mean I, they should be happy to be the number one. Right. Actually, they'd probably be happier to be a number two in some of these other <laughs> rankings. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they got what they deserved. Right, think. Matthew. What what do you think? What are you looking forward to in this region? <laughs> uh, like like you said, it's definitely a tough region. Yeah. Um, being a Duke fan, I don't like that first round matchup yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Duke can get out and run, yeah. I think we got a shot, yeah. a good shot. And yeah. then, um, then they got to play the balls. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's tough. And then uh, that Providence Kentucky game is gonna be a bloodbath. You think I so? Think. Yeah. I think Providence is physical; they mm-hmm. can shoot. Yeah, and it's gonna be a definitely an inside game because that's where Kentucky and Providence are strong as they're inside. And both of those players. Shebway and uh, Hopkins mm-hmm. are from Kentucky. Yeah, so yeah. Hopkins transferred out, so that's going right. to be a nice little right match there. Nice, nice battle going on, and yeah, it's a six versus eleven, but both teams have identical records. Yeah, twenty one and eleven. Yeah. So you know that that's you know something to something to look at there. But uh, yeah, this is this is going to be uh, yeah an exciting exciting matchup or you know exciting uh, region. I mm-hmm. think um, you know, and I guess looking at the number one seeds, you know. What, what do you guys think? Who has kind of the easy – who do you think has the easiest route to maybe the Final Four as a number one seed? Who do you, who do you think has the, has the toughest, you know, road to road to it? Um, uh, I think we just talked about the toughest right. there. I think we all kind of agree. Purdue mm-hmm. and Purdue's got the toughest route to go. Right. That yeah. reach is just, yeah. you know, murderer's row. Right. But I, I think Alabama really took home the easiest. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's kind of deserving to be that way. Mm-hmm. The number one overall seed mm-hmm. should have the easiest route. Right. The number four number one seed should have the toughest round. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. You know, and that, that, that again plays the kind of how we said we, we thought this committee did really well this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, putting these regions together. Yeah. I, I think it's playing out that way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I somewhat have to have to agree with you. I think, yeah, Purdue definitely, I think has, has a tough, tough road. Um, you know, and I, I think Houston, you can make an argument for, for as well uh, with, you know, kind of the top, top seeds in that bracket with Texas, Xavier, Indiana, I mean, all, all those teams, you know, playing well towards towards the end of the season here. You know, I, I think you can make a case for for hard region, you know, with Houston, obviously them getting their star player back or, you know, whatever, uh, not missing, you know, much time there. That That's obviously a huge breath of fresh air um, in, yeah. in that sense. Um, but, yeah, I think I typically, 
you know, have to, I think, I think I agree. I think Alabama, you know, if you look at, look at some of the seeds in there, um, I think that they, they have a really good chance because I think at the same time, there could be a lot of top teams that get knocked off in that, in yeah. that bracket. You know, I could, could see, you know, four through six or four through seven, maybe even four through eight in that region, getting knocked off in the, in the first round. Um, and then, does that really pave the way for, you know, an easy route or, you know, easier route for Alabama Mm -hmm. having to play some lower seeds? Not always, because again, March Madness isn't always about who's the best team or who's the better team. It's about, it's who's, who's playing hot at the right time. And, you know, some of these, you know, mid-major teams, they got nothing, they got nothing to lose. They're they're playing on, you know, house Mm -hmm. money, if you will. Um, So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it, how it plays out. Uh, Matthew, what what do you think? Hard, hardest route for number, number one seed, Uh, easiest route. I'd probably say Purdue. I was looking at that Kansas region until I kind of really looked at the Purdue region. Yeah. I think that I think the East region is a little uh, a little more tough than what that West region is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think Alabama. They got the easiest way to the Final Four. But that's, I mean, like Matt said, that's how it should be. You right. get the yeah. top seed. You get rewarded. You for, get rewarded for right. being the best team in the country. Right. And absolutely. I think they are. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Well, any anything else about the bracket before we let the madness begin here, or anything else you want to want to talk about? You know, well, since, since uh, our our challenge is still on, yeah. I'm not going to say anything more outside of these first round picks. I okay. don't want to give away yeah. any of okay. my good stuff. All right. All right. Well, we'll uh, yeah, we'll see see how it, how it goes. Like I said, those brackets lock in on on Thursday at, at noon. Um, myself will be taking part in the madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of games going on here in the uh, you know in Columbus uh, in the East region. Uh, so I'll be, be at some of the games on Friday and then, you know, the games then again on, on Sunday of, you know, whoever advances in the, in the first round on, on Friday. So, well, um, and, and the chief who's not with us again, again tonight, he'll be, he'll be in attendance as well. So yep. we're going to be a part of the, a part of the madness. I, I, I can't think of a better time of the year than, than now. I oh, mean, March every time March madness best. gets mentioned, I just have a grin from ear to ear. <laughs> uh, it's, it's always the best time, especially especially these first couple of days, Thursday and Friday, when there's like four games going on at the same time yeah. and you're looking at your bracket and you're saying, ah, oh, man, I've already busted. Let me throw it <laughs> well, in the trash. Well, I was going to say, as much as I love filling out a bracket, I love pulling for the upsets every, yeah, round, yeah. every time. Yeah. you got to um, root for the upsets. It's, it's, it's a great time, uh, you know, so – we uh we appreciate you listening tonight. Uh, you know we'll, we'll sign off here. Uh, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts Colton Cal, Matt Cordes. Um, we hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And if you want to hear other topics for future episodes, or you know you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about, you know on the on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social media platforms. We have an Instagram. Our uh, handle is Fired Up underscore Podcast, or you can find us up find us over on Facebook. Um, if you search for fired up comma sports podcast, and as always, if you want to learn a little bit more about the show or check out some of our past episodes, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com. Um, and as well, you can find this episode and all of our past episodes on any different podcast platform you use to listen to podcasts, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere where you can find podcasts, you can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always stay, stay fired, fired up. up.